Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, 3 Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. How about those polls, Mr. President? How the polls show you losing badly to Donald Trump? Ah, you're looking at the wrong polls. Ah, the polls I see are great. Show me winning. Can you share those polls with us? What? Huh? Huh? Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. It is Monday, a crazy week ahead of us, of course, as everybody starts hitting the road. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you for being here today. Polls are just bad for Biden. Oof. Trump beats him by four. Haley beats him by six. Uh, Everybody beats him. But the fact that Trump beats him has Barack Obama now coming out and saying that he's very, very nervous that Joe Biden can't win. He's nervous. Well, of course he's nervous because Joe Biden can't win. That's the reality of the situation. He just he can't. And a very strange thing that happened when this car uh, hit into the president's motorcade and everybody's kind of stood there for a couple seconds. It was a very strange video to watch. But Anyway, they asked Biden as he's standing there about the polls, and he says, I don't know, you're looking at the wrong polls. What, what polls are out there showing Joe Biden winning or, or even having a, a chance at winning? Every poll I'm looking at shows him getting crushed everywhere. But I think what they're doing is they're probably showing him fake polls. I told you this. They show him the Fugazi polls, and then they turn around and they make him think he's already won, and then they get him out of the race. Make him think his second term is just coming to an end. I mean, they could make him think anything at this point. It's like it's like tricking a child. So that may, that may be what he's talking about. They may be showing him polls that show him like, the elections next week, and he's he's gonna he's gonna trounce Trump. Uh, it's possible. But one thing I do know though is that the anxiety that is gripping Democrats right now in places like Pennsylvania is very very real. You even have Senator John Fetterperson coming out today and saying, "Listen, I'm no progressive. All right." I am a Democrat, but I disagree with my party. I am, I am pro-Israel. I want the border closed. And, uh, and, and I think Chuck Schumer should get rid of Bob Menendez because he's a crook. But John Fetterperson talking about the border crisis as the border crisis is getting so insane right now. Border Patrol has shut down trains. Yes, they've shut down international commerce to deal with the flow of illegal immigrants who are crossing the southern border. That's all happening today. Bill Malusian was down there from Fox News reporting on the fact that all these people are coming in from countries all over the world, all over the world. And we don't that doesn't include the people that we don't know about. Obviously, the gotaways who are called gotaways because they got away. 
That's why they're gotaways. But it's a mess. Even Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, came out today and said the federal government has given up on the border. They've given up on the issue. Well, that's not actually true. They haven't given up. The border situation is playing out exactly how they want it to play out. There's a clip of uh, squad member, lunatic representative uh, Jamila uh, PayPal or RayPal, whatever her name is. Uh, she's out there today or yesterday. She said, when they asked about if Biden does something on the border, is there going to be backlash among the wacko Democrats? And she said, yeah, people are going to be really upset. And she goes on talking about this coalition that they used to defeat Trump in 2020, which includes immigrants. So what? I mean, like people that aren't supposed to vote. Is that what she's saying? Is she confessing that? Is that a big confession by Representative Pramila J. Powell? I don't know. But it's a real sense of anxiety out there. Selena Zito, who writes for a number of different nationally syndicated newspapers, but the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, she wrote a story today about, will the last steel worker please shut off the lights? It's all about how U.S. steel outside of Pittsburgh is going to be sold, probably to a foreign owner. And the, the, the devastation of jobs in Pennsylvania across the Commonwealth, in the energy sector and the manufacturing sector, which helped propel Trump to victory in 2016. And the anger that's out there today is very real. So much so that Reince Priebus, the former Republican national chairman, who of course was Trump's first chief of staff, he said today, voters are angrier now than they were in 2016. His actual quote was, voters right now want to give a bigger middle finger than they did in 2016. So that says something right there. Because, you know, Reince is an establishment kind of guy. And, he, you know what I mean? He's not. He's, and Jonathan Carl from ABC News was asking Reince all these questions about Trump's tweets and his comments and, you know, his Hitler comments. And, of course, Trump's not invoking Hitler, but regardless. But, you know, and then and and what Reince said was, well, actually, people want to give a bitter, bitter, a bigger middle finger now than they did even even then. People are angrier now. Well, sure, it makes sense. But this is why you have stories like Barack Obama coming out and saying that he doesn't think Joe Biden can really win because Joe Biden can probably not win. And this all started when David Axelrod first came out of the Obama reunion weekend and went on that tweet storm about how Joe Biden's got to go. And they're all they're all saying these things. I mean, they're all they're all still coming out and saying this over and over and over again. But if you think about it, we're only at this place right now because we're it's it's December it is December of uh, December 18th, obviously. By the time we get back from Christmas break, I mean, this week is kind of nuts. I'll be doing a lot of national filling stuff for Levin and for Dana Lash, and, and I'll be on the air most of the week as well. I mean, every day, including Friday for Dana's show, and then Michael Pelka will be in on Friday for me. But the point is that when we get back from the new year, I mean, this, this goes 100 miles an hour, and it's going to be 100 miles an hour from January 2nd until November, until election day. It will be 100 miles an hour. You remember what 2016 was like. 2020 was a little different because obviously we had COVID. So a lot of us were, were home and working remote and doing all kinds of other things. But but 2024, now we don't know, we don't know. There could be another pandemic. There could be another, who the hell knows what the left will try. But assuming that everything stays the way it is now, it's going to be 100 miles an hour. We'll have the New Hampshire primary, the Iowa caucus. We'll have all these things happen. And at some point, the question becomes, is Joe Biden really going to go through with this? Is he really going to stay in this race? Is he, is he actually going to go forward here? And for Democrats, I mean, the news is just so bad. You know, the best news they had was that they had an aide who filmed a, a, a gay sex video in the Senate. That was like, the, that was like the, the bright spot for Democrats' news over the weekend. I mean, it's bad for them. 
everywhere you look, the economy, the border, the war in the Middle East, the fact that you have Democrats right now, as we speak, there's a pro-Palestinian protest going on in New York City at Grand Central Station. So one of the busiest rail terminals in the world, this pro-Palestinian protest that's happening right now. And my favorite is that of all of the uh, banners that they have right now, it is the Queers for a United Palestine banner. I kid you not, Queers for a United Palestine banner. And you have all kinds of things about Israel's atrocities. And this is, this is, this is who they are. This is the, nut, the nutty part. So when you have John Fetter person coming out and saying he stands with Israel, he has to come out and say those things because he knows that is not where the Demo- that, that is not where people are. The Democrat Party has become the party that has allowed this anti-Semitism to grow, this anti-Israel approach to grow, and this pro-Hamas cult that they have. They've allowed this. They've welcomed them in. They've ushered them in. They've said, "Yeah, you, you know what? You, you, hate does have a home here." It turns out. Hate for Israel has a big home in the Democrat Party. You're welcome. Join in. And Fetter person's turning around and saying, I can't win like that. I, there's, how, how, do I, how, do I, how do I maintain my seat? How do I maintain support if I, if I go in with these whack jobs on this? Or if I allow the invasion of the southern border to continue? Now, look, maybe Fetterman is just saying these things because he thinks it's good politics. I don't know. He also came out today and he said China should not be allowed to buy any of our farmland and they should have to give back everything they've already t- taken. Again, not a very popular position among Democrats. So it makes you wonder what really happened after John Fetter person had that stroke. And maybe this is a body double. Maybe, maybe somebody did come out and take his place and that person happens to be a little more uh, center-minded. Or maybe just Fetterman realizes now that the party is just so nuts that he has to distance himself from his own political party, much like Joe Manchin does. I mean, Joe Manchin was out over the weekend saying that the border is completely shut down. It needs to be shut down. You need to shut down the southern border because that's how bad the immigration problem is. Shut it down like it's an amusement park. You know, I put a giant moose outside to tell you the park's closed. I mean, shut down the southern border of the United States of America. That's just how bad it is. And meanwhile, in all of this, the far right wing Washington Post has a big expose over the weekend about Biden's corruption regarding his brother, James, who's now at the center of everything and was caught in an FBI wiretap years ago because he was involved in another bribery scheme that he was involved with, although he wasn't charged with anything, but it had to do with him getting a big lobbying fee and then his brother, Joe Biden, who was the Delaware senator at the time, and then the senator who was turning around and trying to get support for a big tobacco bill. Originally, Joe Biden was against it, and then he was for it. But it turns out he was only for it after his brother got paid lucratively, and then his brother says, I never, ever lobbied my brother. Uh Uh-huh, that's right. And there was a place for Hunter in all this too. So clearly it's bad for them. It's bad for them. And when everything like this is happening and you turn around and you take just a, a look around the polls and you see Trump's commanding lead over every Republican, you also understand the panic that's happening in the Republican establishment. Not because Trump can't win, but because he can. Anybody who tells you that they think Trump can't win is not telling you the truth. Trump can win, any Republican can win. Well, the people that are telling you he can't win are saying that because they're worried that he can and they know that he can and they're very nervous about that fact. So they are trying to make the argument that he can't win. Ron DeSantis' campaign is imploding right now. He lost Jeff Rowe, who was a big political operative, and Jeff was running one of his super PACs and Jeff's out and they're having all kinds of internal fights. 
Over the weekend, you had David Brooks from the New York Times coming out and saying Chris Christie needs to drop out and back Nikki Haley. My, my opinion is at some point he will. He's only staying in right now to, to try to help Nikki Haley and, and, and be a, 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 battle, a battle axe for her. But at some point, he will back her. But even if Nikki Haley is the one-on-one candidate against Trump, as they say she's gaining in New Hampshire, she's really not gaining in New Hampshire. I mean, she's, she's, she's gained a little bit, but Trump's gained more. And he's pulled away from everybody in Iowa as well. Pulled away from everybody in Iowa. Trump remains in the driver's seat with 44%. Haley has 29%. This is in New Hampshire. DeSantis has 11. So yeah, Haley's, Haley's definitely pulled out among the other candidates in the race. And that's why the establishment is now rallying around her. But it's still such a lead. In Iowa, Trump has a lead that went from 51% in September. It's 58% now. DeSantis is at 22%. Haley's third at 13%. So if you're Ron DeSantis, what do you do? I mean, do you, you're not doing particularly well in, I, in uh, New Hampshire, but you're doing... You're, you're second place in Iowa. So you just do you just stay in? Christie says, if I don't win New Hampshire, then uh, if I win New Hampshire, I'll be the nominee. That was the same strategy he had in 2016. Same exact strategy. He put it all in New Hampshire. He let it all ride in New Hampshire. And he did not win New Hampshire, obviously. And a short time after that, he came out and he backed Donald Trump. But he's still out there saying those things, saying, I, I will win New Hampshire and then I'll be the nominee. You're not going to win New Hampshire. Not even close. It's not even it's not even in, in the realm of possibilities. I mean, it just isn't. Look at these numbers. These numbers are the numbers are what they are. Trump has forty four percent, Haley has twenty nine percent, DeSantis has eleven, Christie has ten. How do you go from that to winning? So at this point it's just a matter of when he gets out and who he backs, which will be Nikki Haley. It's not gonna be DeSantis. Although he's still taking shots at Nikki Haley, so who the hell knows? But then again, he took shots at Donald Trump, and then he wound up backing Trump. So he's a very, very pragmatic politician. At, 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 the, at the very least, you can say that. He's a very pragmatic politician. But looking at these numbers and realizing that, yes, Donald Trump can win makes the Republican establishment very, very nervous. So all of that means they are going to try in a big, big way to do something to stop Trump from being the nominee. Because they don't want him to win. The establishment, the Republican establishment does not want him to win. They're very nervous about that fact. They're very, and they look at these, these numbers. They see the same numbers we do. Hell, I think the Republican establishment would back a Democrat over Trump. And the, at, the, at the end of the day, I think they would. I really do. I think that that's how worried they are about him. He is angry at the establishment for a lot of reasons. But a big part of the reason is because early on in his first term, he took them in. And they ran the place. And it was a cluster for a while. You know, it was it was you had people undermining his own his agenda because he listened to the party establishment and said, all right, surround yourself now with the the hacks at the Republican National Committee and everybody else. And he did. And that was a big mistake, something that he openly admits. So they know that and they're they're really nervous about this. But if you look at the at the numbers and you think to yourself, all right, if Trump's only going up as the as the legal cases continue to get closer and closer to him, doesn't it then make people think that as we get close to a trial in the January 6th case, that it's only going to help him even more? See, that's a conclusion I would have. I'd look at those numbers and I'd say, well, obviously, if he's doing this well now and everybody's aware of all the legal implications and nobody cares, in fact, it's just helping him, then when they actually start the trial, when they actually go after him, isn't all of this going to just help him even more? 
Yes, conversely, though, however, the, the, the Hunter Biden stuff really does hurt Joe Biden. It hurts Joe Biden. Today, Andy McCarthy was on Fox News and he was asked a question because Jen Psaki over the weekend was saying, you know what? Uh, Hunter needs to just shut up. And McCarthy's point was he does, but it's too late. He's already came out and said incredibly damaging things, incredibly damaging things that are going to hurt Joe Biden's reelection campaign. And you got to wonder, as you hear Obama coming out and saying this, and this is McCarthy's point, you hear Obama coming out and saying this, you hear the Washington Post going after the Bidens for their corruption. All this stuff is coming out. Hunter Biden's facing multiple criminal charges now. Is all of this going to lead to Joe Biden getting out of the race? Now, look, I have no way of knowing for sure. All I know is that I think that you and I both see with our own eyes that the Democrats do not like Joe Biden. They are nervous about Joe Biden and there's no enthusiasm for Joe Biden. But they have a Joe Biden problem, which is the fact that he is a he's a nasty, nasty guy and he is a a, 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 a guy who's got a huge ego and doesn't want to go anywhere. So looking looking at all of these issues together and then taking them and thinking that we might have a week or so Biden's said to be increasingly frustrated by dismal poll numbers, but if you ask him, he says, you're looking at the wrong polls. In one recent meeting, he said poll numbers were unacceptably low and he wanted to know what his team and his campaign were doing about it. You know what they're doing about it? They're trying to get you out of the race. That's what they're trying to do about it. I mean, what else do you do? You know, the economy is what it is. People feel it or they don't, and people are feeling it. There's no way to spin that. I know that I know that the uh, spin doctors love to think that they can they can make people believe anything, but you really can't. You know, when people are paying more for groceries and more for gas and more for their housing and costs and 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 their mortgage rates and everything else, you can't spin that and go, really, you have it good. Because people turn around and go, I I don't ha- actually no, I don't have it good. I mean, your spin is great. I guess it makes me feel good, but I don't have it good. There's no way to spin that. So what, how do you change course at this point? What do, you, what do you do? Now, the Fed will come out next year and, and they will cut interest rates. They will do that. That will be what they will do. They'll do their part to help the Democrats win. That'll be their little gift to America. The Fed held rates steady last week, as you know, and then they'll come out next year and they'll probably give maybe two, maybe three uh, cuts, which will boost the economy going into the election in November. No doubt about that. Oh, the Fed's dirty. I mean, they play a dirty game here. And they also don't want Donald Trump to win. So they'll do their part to help, and that will help. That will certainly help things. It will, it, will, it will bring down interest rates. It will make people feel like they have a little more money in their pocket. Could stimulate the market. Could make people see higher returns in their 401k just in time for the election. That's what the Fed will do. But will that be enough? Will it be too little too late? But don't, don't discount the fact that they're going to do that. Oh, of course they will. Whatever they can do to help the Federal Reserve, that's what they can do. Print money, sure. If you need it, no problem. They'll print money. Need them to hold back on the money? They'll, they'll do that too. Need them to raise interest rates to drive the economy into the ground? They can do that. Need them to cut interest rates to spur economic growth just in time for a re-election campaign? They can do that too. Whatever you need, the Fed is there to help. And it's so corrupt, isn't it? It really is. You're watching this corruption. And don't forget, Biden is still bribing people. Oh yeah, openly bribing people with student loan debt repayment. I mean, something in Pennsylvania alone, what, 80,000 people have gotten student loan debt forgiveness, even though the Supreme Court has said you can't do it? He's still doing it. So you get a little check, you know, a nice little check. But I, but I think all these issues are just, are, they're, they're just too overwhelming at the same time. And when we come back, I'll share with you all the latest on the border situation. It's bad. So bad that Texas now is going to pass a state law saying if you cross into Texas illegally, you have broken Texas state law and the Texas state rangers, their state police will be able to arrest you. 
His taxes is turned around and going, what, well, what are we supposed to do here? I mean, this is a freaking disaster. What are we supposed to do? You have them shutting down trains at the southern border to deal with the flux, the influx of, uh, of illegal immigrants. They were shutting down international commerce at the southern border. Though it's a freaking mess. But the good news is, though, is that uh, I do think change is coming. That's what makes me happy. Although Democrats are certainly going to do everything they possibly can to stop that. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. So it's Monday. We'll begin a big week. There's still fallout from the University of Pennsylvania. Still fallout from all the anti-Semitic protests they allow on the college campuses. Uh, Philadelphia officially has banned ski masks in certain parts of the, of the city. Uh, is that helping? And uh, the Pennsylvania Republicans have blocked funding for the University of Pennsylvania for allowing anti-Semitism on campus. I'll share that with you as well. Let's get this week started off right. Coming right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Thank you if you joined us Monday, or Friday, I should say, in Cape May. We had a great time at the Grand Hotel, Cape May. Hope you had a great time if you were with us. Wonderful crowd, and thank you to everybody at the Grand for hosting us. Five shows this year, uh, and they were, they were a lot of fun. Each and every one was fun. Each and every one was, uh, was special in its own way. So thank you for joining us on Friday. We'll hope to do it again in uh, 2024. Get some dates on the calendar. And when we do, we'll announce them and, you know, mark your calendars for them. So they are always a blast. The border situation is, is really uh, nuts right now. It's, it's crazy what's happening. But it's all by plan. I mean, this is what the Democrats have always wanted. I think it's the reason why you have Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterperson coming out and saying that he doesn't agree with this. He wants it stopped because he knows this is not popular. I mean, if, if John Fetterman's whole point is I'm just a guy from Braddock, you know, he knows then that the people that actually work in this country and work for a living and try to go out and just earn a paycheck, they're not happy about this. Nobody's happy about what's happening at the border, except for extreme wacko Democrats, which is most of them. I mean, it's most the fact if you have to come out and, and break from your party, think about this now. If you have to come out and break from your party, and say that you don't agree with them on the border situation, that's a problem. That's a problem. That means that that is not the mainstream opinion in your party. The mainstream opinion in your party is have the border be open. You gotta, if you gotta, you gotta take time out of your day and come out and say, I just wanna, I wanna set the record straight, all right? I don't, I don't agree with, with my party on this one. I want the border shut down. Think of how nuts that is. You have to take time out of your day to make it clear that on this issue, you don't agree with the Democrats. You actually want to secure the border. That should tell you everything you need to know about where the Democrats are on the border. Everything. 
Because if they if they wanted to shut the border down, the border would be shut down. But they obviously don't. Here's uh, Bill Malusian was down at the southern border in Lukeville, Arizona, talking about the massive numbers of single adult men, where they're coming from. And again, these are just the ones that we know about. Cut number one. I can tell you we have not yet seen any National Guard down here in Lukeville. What we have seen are more mass illegal crossings and more mass processing taking place. We'll step out and give you a look at the scene here. This is a temporary outdoor area that Border Patrol has set up here to process these illegal immigrants. You can see family units as well as single adult men who have come in from all over the world here uh, getting processed, getting ready to get put on a Border Patrol bus where many of them will be released and likely heading to a city near you in the coming days. And we'll show you what's been happening out here. Take a look at this video we shot yesterday afternoon right here in Lukeville. Another mass incursion through a breach in the border wall. We were showing this a couple weeks ago as well. Hundreds of people pouring through the breaches in the border wall, crossing illegally. A lot of them single adults, as I mentioned, coming in from all over the world. And this group you're looking at here, there were adult men from Congo, Guinea, Senegal, others from Colombia and Ecuador. And Harris, listen to these numbers. Just in this Tucson, Arizona sector, in the last three weeks alone, Border Patrol says they've arrested more than 54,000 illegal immigrants, and that does not count the Godaways. Does not count the Godaways. Now, now, just so you know how angry people are at Fetterman, Fetterperson, he, he told NBC News, quote, I'm not a progressive. I just think I'm a Democrat that is very committed to choice and other things. But with Israel, I'm going to be on the right side of that, and immigration is something near and dear to me, and I think we do have to effectively address it as well. He insisted that he can be pro-immigration while also favoring policies to restrict the flow of migration to manageable levels, disagreeing with progressives who oppose new limits on asylum, and bash some of the ideas in the negotiations as cruel. He said it's a reasonable conversation until somebody can say there's an explanation on what we can do when 270,000 people are being encountered on the border, including, not including the ones, of course, that we don't know about. To put that in reference, that is essentially the size of Pittsburgh, the second largest city in Pennsylvania. And he said, well, it's not ideal to have this conversation about asylum and parole policy in connection with an aid package for Israel and Ukraine. It's still one that we should have. Progressives better do that because we can't leave Israel. We can't sell them out and we can't sell out Ukraine and we have to deliver on this. I just would very much like to get a deal done to deliver this critical aid. So he says all these things on NBC News, and progressives lose it, and they just start coming after him and hammering him. I have this story from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Fetterman's betrayal of progressives is why young people are turning off politics. The PA senator's I'm not a progressive rant outrage ex-supporters and helps explain why young voters are turned off. Will Bunch, of course, writing this. And he said... Um, The man who once anointed himself leader of the Keystone State's left-wing movement now rejects uh, the, the gathering of the receipts to back up the statement. In the same interview, Fetterman, who burst onto the state political scene in 2016 with bold pro-immigration statements backed by the story of his wife Giselle's coming to America as a young undocumented migrant from Brazil, said he now supports restrictions on the flow of migrants. He told NBC News that immigration is still near and dear to me but that it makes sense for Democrats to make a deal with the right-wing Republicans demanding tougher immigration policies. And Will Bunch hammers him for this. He says, some progressive voters who might be turned off by Fetterman's new take on immigration were already furious with the senator over the ongoing war in Gaza. That conflict has seen the first-term Democrat not only join most people in 
condemning the October 7th terrorist attack by Hamas, but also become one of Israel's most zealous defenders, refusing to discuss Palestinian civilian casualties and brushing off hundreds of calls to his office and noisy protests begging him to call for a ceasefire. In fact, Fetterman has seemed to mock protesters wearing an Israeli flag at one gathering. Ooh. All this after Fetterman, who started his rise as the mayor of tiny Braddock in western Pennsylvania, introduced himself to statewide voters by openly comparing himself to left-wing icon Senator Bernie Sanders and then telling progressives that uh, he's one of them. He said, quote, chip in whatever you can to help us take this progressive momentum all the way to the ballot box on May 15th, he said in 2018. That was a number of times he explicitly said he was a progressive or endorsed progressive policies or values. In return, core Democrats fueled his decades-long rise from obscurity to Capitol Hill with thousands of small donations or by knocking on neighbors' doors. Now, some of these early supporters say they were betrayed or even feel lied to. Think about this. For standing with Israel, for wanting the border to be shut, or at least at least managed properly. Let's be clear. He didn't exactly call for it to be shut down, but he said he wants it to be managed properly. To actually do something about border security, for those reasons... You have progressives burning their John Fetterperson cards, burning the John Fetterperson bumper stickers. They're angry. They're so angry. They feel betrayed. This is how freaking nuts the Democrat Party is. If you wonder how far nuts the party has gotten, all you got to do is look at this. The fact that Fetterman has to come out and say these things and then gets blowback from Democrats because they're like, you stand with Israel? You want the border to be secure? There was a time when that was mainstream for the Democrat Party. When the Democrat Party stood with Israel for the most part, and there's lots and lots of clips over the years of Democrats coming out and saying we need a border wall, border security. They were all for it at one time until they were against it because they, they blow with the wind. But then the Democrat Party was taken over by the squad-like people, kooks, total progressive lunatics, and all these people are anti-Israel, they're pro-Palestinian, and they want the border to be wide open. So these policies are so freaking nuts that if you're a Democrat like a John Fetterman, you got to come out now and say you don't agree with them. And then you got to get blowback from all the people who said, we thought you were one of us. Now, I don't know. I imagine that Fetterman at the time thought progressive in his mind maybe meant that he was for giving people higher minimum wage and more you know, student loan debt repayments and all those kind of things. Maybe he meant all that. But that's not enough. You can't be woke enough for these people. So maybe Fetterman agrees with them on, say, seven or eight out of 10 issues. Not enough. You're dead to them if you don't agree with them on 100%. That's why Joe Manchin's dead to the Democrats, too. Now, look, I mean, could this be Fetterman posturing? Possibly, but maybe not. I mean, maybe he knows that this, these, these positions in the Democrat Party, now the Democrat Party has become the big tent for lunatics, extremists, people that are so, so extreme in their positions on things, anti-Semitism running, running wild in their ranks and the idea of an open border being something that they fundamentally believe in, that they're now turning around and they're saying, I, I, I got to distance myself from this. So Will Bunch goes after Fetter, Fetterman, right? In the Inquirer, and he says, if, um, he says, I'll just, uh, I'll quote his top aide, Adam Gentlinson, who insists Fetterman is just being consistent. He spent the, t- the entire campaign referring to 2022 when Fetterman adopted some more centrist stances like support for fracking, telling people he wasn't a down-the-line lefty. But Bunch said, I asked Pennsylvanian voters on social media how they felt about his anti-progressive jab, as well as his positions on Gaza, Gaza and immigration. 
A few praised him as an iconoclast, someone who's willing to buck the conventional wisdom, but a lot of other people went after him. And then now they're using his wife, Giselle, to turn around and say, well, Giselle would feel betrayed, thrown under the bus by John Fetterman. One person, Mike Doyle, a Democrat who once ran for a state house seat in Northeast Philly, said he felt duped. We contributed a lot of money. And now I regret every single penny we gave him. Another, another user on Twitter said, I worked my butt off to get Fetterman elected. I canvassed every weekend. Help with rallies for him in South Philly. Ran a training to help combat the Republican attacks on him. I feel betrayed. So does Will Bunch. Will Bunch, of course, who's a lefty, total lefty. He said, I get it. As an opinion journalist who's covered Fetterman since the 2016 race, the senator has not been the man I once thought he was. Even by the lowered expectations of his moves towards the center in beating New Jerseyite Memedaz last year, I do applaud when politicians buck partisan politics for a moral center, and Fetterman has done this with his call for Bob Menendez to resign, but ignoring the plight of slaughtered civilians in Gaza and dropping the pro-immigrant vibe that drew people to him in the first place... That feels like any moral center he had caved in. This feels deeply troubling for reasons that go beyond Fetterman. In embracing Israel's bombastic response to October 7th while not fighting to overturn Donald Trump's inhumane border policies that in many ways have continued, President Joe Biden is basically Fetterman without the Carhartt hoodies or shorts. Ouch. Which then also tells you something else as well. Within the Democrat Party... Within the base, another reason why Biden is so incredibly popular is because this is the Democrat Party now. So then now think about independent voters. Think about people in the collar counties of Philadelphia. Think about people in Pennsylvania, Western PA, and, and they consider themselves to be more moderate voters. Who, who do they side with? Yeah, they, they, they don't like Trump's mean tweets and they keep hearing everybody say the guy's the next freaking Mussolini. But at the same time, it's like, if they're moderates and they got all these whack jobs in the Democrat Party that are turning around and they've got, you know, gays for, for Palestine blocking traffic, gays for United Palestine blocking their, their commute home, I mean, that's nuts. So you ask sensible, moderate, independent voters, what do they do? Do they side with these whack jobs? I don't think so. I think it's why when James Carville's group was asking voters which party's more extreme, they came out and said the Democrats. The Democrat Party has embraced this. This has become the, this is who the Democrat Party is. So you know what's going to happen. You look at young voters in the Democrat Party today. Will Bunch breaks this down. He says, young people disapprove of Biden's pro-Israel tilt by, near, by nearly 70%. They want to prioritize climate over the economy, 60%. These are people that don't really have jobs and they're getting their student loans repaid. So, And they don't support curbing legal immigration. They don't support curbing legal immigration. And they, 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 as they get younger and younger, and you go down the line, they're saying leftists are suffering a crisis of faith in the possibility of progress, while the dark visions of the far right manage to give people on that side something to actually get excited about. Ah, and there it is. The only way you motivate these voters is if dances of tyranny uh, go on in their heads. Dances of Donald Trump's tyranny go on in their heads. But the problem is, that's not enough. And people don't buy it. They don't buy it. So these young voters have no reason to be excited about Biden. The fear-mongering about Donald Trump being the next Mussolini is not playing out the way they want it. And now you've got 
the party looking so insane, so freaking nuts, that a guy who once declared himself to be the Bernie Sanders of PA coming up and standing and saying, I am not a progressive. Wow. These are, these are bad times to be a Democrat. Holy cow. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. All right, look, Christmas is right around the corner. If you have not done so yet, you need to right now do something that's going to make everybody on your list happy. You need to embrace the wonderful, wonderful offer at omahasteaks.com and get 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use my name, Zioli, at checkout, you're going to get an extra $30 off your order. Oh, these are beautiful, beautiful steaks. Age for 28 days because that's how you bring out a steak's true potential, the true glory of a steak. And for five generations... America, America's heartland, Omaha Steaks, has been doing the absolute best, giving you the highest quality beef and other kinds of food throughout its entire five generation of family ownership. You know, I mentioned the Chinese farmland issue. Well, as China keeps buying up farms and farmland and food companies, America's uh, Omaha Steaks has been American owned and operated five generations of family. That's the quality you can expect. It's why they have the uncompromising guarantee. It's why anybody on your list, whether it's a client, a friend, your boss, your brother, your husband, your wife, whoever, is going to be so happy when the delicious flavor and food of Omaha Steak shows up. They can gift wrap the cooler as well. And there's so many options to choose from. Steaks, pork chops, gourmet burgers, gourmet franks, easy to prepare comfort meals ready in a flash. So much there for you. Just go to omahasteaks.com today. Nobody ever returns steak. They return sweaters and things like that. They got to repackage some things. You don't want to have anybody have to do any work. Everybody who gets the Omaha Steaks cooler for Christmas is going to be so happy and thrilled. But you're running out of time. So right now, omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide savings. Minimum order may be required. $30 off your order when you put in my name, Zioli, at checkout at omahasteaks.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. John Fetterperson turning around and saying the Democrat Party, it's like when you have to distance yourself from your own family, you know? Well, listen, they're nuts, but uh, they're not like me. Like Michael Corleone and the Godfather trying to tell Kay that it's his family, it's not him. But of course it's him. Uh, you, can't, you can't run away from that fact. Fetterman can say whatever he wants. That's his party. That is his party. But the fact that they are so freaking nuts now that he has to come out and make it clear that he, he stands with Israel and wants the border to be secure. And for that, he gets blowback from people like Will Bunch and, and, and kook, kook whack jobs all across the country who are angry at him for saying he stands with Israel and wants to secure the border. Just think of that. Think of that for a moment. Uh, Jim is in Philly. Jim, you're on Talk Radio 1210. How are you? Hey, Rich. Great show. Yeah, I was thinking that, uh, you know, since Fetterman had the strokes and all that stuff, he's starting to get his wits back. You know, he's starting to maybe think this through a little bit and doesn't want to be a one-term senator that, you know, uh, Pennsylvania is starting to, you know, through some later polling, lean more conservative again because of the radicalness of the left. It's a good point. Yeah, he may be actually reading the tea leaves and realizing that that the, the things are turning, turning in a big, big way. Yeah, I, I think for a guy like him who was so hardcore left, uh, you know, with his, his pot flag hanging out front of the Capitol and some of the other crazy stuff he did, uh, you know, maybe he's listening to his advisors and, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it could be, you know, he really did let his fan base down, you know, promising him to get the uh, loans paid and all that other stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm just curious to see when people are going to learn between him and the big man over there, 
uh, you know, they didn't carry through. They only need him for a vote, and then they forget about him. Jim, it's an excellent point. Thanks, my friend. You have a great day. You as well, Rich. Thanks. And Merry Christmas. I, I think it's also important to realize that in 2020, look at look at the election in 2020. And we'll leave aside the uh, the cheating and the games pay, played by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. But just think about Biden in that election, in that general election, running as America's uncle, nice old guy in the basement. He's going to heal everybody from mean tweets and and build back better from COVID and all the nonsense and everything like that. It wasn't he didn't really run as a as a as a progressive. I mean, we we kept pointing out the fact that he was. You know, I kept pointing out every day, do not be fooled by this guy. I remember that like it was yesterday. You know, being on the air in October of 2020, being on the air in November of 2020, and saying to people over and over again, September 2, I mean, the entire time, don't believe this spin. Joe Biden is A, a nasty SOB. B, the guy is corrupt as hell. Everybody knows how deep Biden goes in D.C., He's a multimillionaire. He's never had a freaking job in his life. Number three, he will say whatever he has to say. Don't make, don't assume this guy is some is some moderate here. He's fooling you. Sure enough, what happens? He gets elected president. First day, what does he do? Kills the Keystone XL pipeline. First day goes all in on all the lefty wacko lunatic policies, and the border goes from being a border that was getting secure to being a border that is wide open. So, you know, you you can't, everything I told you was true, but the problem is back then, a lot of people got duped. You know, they they didn't, they were, the the country had a a negative tone around it. They were unhappy. I'm talking about the ones that actually voted for Biden, not the ones whose, whose vote said they voted for Biden, but didn't. But I'm talking about the ones that actually did. I don't see those people voting for Biden again. I, I don't. At this point now, they're angry, but they're not angry at, 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 at Trump anymore or the country or they're angry at, at Biden. They're angry at, at, at this guy for this economy. They're angry about what they have to deal with financially, economically every single day. As I mean, Reince Priebus said it, he said it's, they're giving a bigger middle finger now than they were in 2016. The only good news for Democrats over the weekend was they had, they had, a, they had a Senate staffer do a, a gay sex tape. That was the bright spot for them. Oh, really? Because now it gave it gave it gave progressives something to defend and to attack conservatives on. Like, oh, you're just you're just being critical of Senator Ben Cardin's aide for making a gay sex tape in this in, in a Senate hearing room uh, because you hate gay people. Say what? No, uh, it's disgusting. He should not have done that. It's a public place. He's going to face criminal charges now. That was really really sick. But oh, it's just you MAGA Republicans don't like gay people. Like what? Huh? No, no, it's just this is a different kind of insurrection here. And it's just not, oof, it's not good. But they, but they were actually happy about it because it, it, it gave them a distraction over the weekend. They were, yeah, no, they really were. They were like, oh, good, we got, we got a scandal we can talk about. We love, we love gay sex scandals. We don't have to talk about the economy or Biden's poll numbers or anything else. Great. And we can, we can paint MAGA Republicans as meanie pants who don't like gay people or something. Now, there was a story about that in Politico or I think it was Politico, how about how uh, Republicans are jumping on this? No pun intended. No, believe me, they're, they're not. <laughs> they're not. But they are just pointing out how disgusting it is. And they're pointing out how this, this guy, this staffer, probably exposed himself, no pun intended, to some serious legal consequences. 
But, but, but obviously the media writes it as, oh, those mean MAGA Republicans. They've got a problem with gay sex tapes being filmed in historic Senate rooms. It's with these people. They're so out of touch. They just don't have a pulse on America anymore. And as somebody pointed out, um, it's, it, 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 it goes really to the heart of when you've got these people doing these things, a lot of young people just desperate for attention. I mean, truly, really desperate for attention. And this guy got a lot of it. And he's about to get more because now the legal attention will come too. An insurrection of its own kind, no question about it. But they were happy about it. They were like, oh, good. We have, we have something else to talk about. Because what else do you talk about if you're the Democrats? All you're doing is playing defense. Well, on this, they can play offense. You'd be like, well, it's an artistic video. They were, they were very quiet about it. The media was very quiet about it. The mainstream media was very quiet about it, the corporate media. And the only time they really talked about it was to say Republicans are being mean again. Oh, yeah. NBC News framed the Senate sex tape video as, uh, as something that conservative news outlets were doing to push the story. NBC News came under fire on social media over a ridiculous headline that seemed to fall conservative news outlets for reporting on a Democrat Senate staffer filming a gay sex video in a Capitol Hill hearing room. The report came after the Daily Caller published an amateur pornographic video Friday that showed an alleged congressional staffer, I mean, he's done it, it's not alleged anymore, engaging in sex with another man in the Hart Senate office building room 216. The video was leaked after being shared in a private group for gay men in politics. Posts on social media claim the alleged staff worker uh, worked for Ben Cardin, which we now know is true. And we now know the video is confirmed and the guy's going on about how this is, he's, he's a victim again. But NBC News, this is what they had. This is what they wrote on social media. Senator Ben Cardin's office has parted ways with a staffer who conservative news outlets allege was shown in a leaked video having sex in a Senate hearing room. As Tim Murtar from Newsbusters Media Research Center said, NBC's framing of this is outrageous and belongs in the Media Bias Hall of Fame. A Democrat senator's staffer videotaped himself having sex in a Senate committee room, shared it online with others, and got fired when it became public. But NBC cast conservatives as the bad guys. Oh, I didn't realize that. I'm sorry. What was that point you just gave me Matt DeSantis. So apparently the uh the the act occurred in Amy Klobuchar's Senate seat. <laughs> in her Senate seat? Yeah. Ooh. That's way worse than making somebody shave her legs. <laughs> or uh right? It wasn't that the accusation about her that they made her shave her legs? Uh, Klobuchar I remember she threw like a salad or something at someone and then uh because they forgot her fork. Yeah. Uh, and I think she threw binders at people as well. They, 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 are they going to, you think they'll bleach that? Use a Clorox wipe on it? <laughs> I think you Something? just throw out the seat and start Probably over. Probably just throw out the seat and start yeah. over, right? I, I think even the Mr. Clean Magic Erase won't get that out, you know? No. Somebody, I would just throw it out. Somebody has sex in your sentence, just yeah, throw it out. Just Probably just it. start over, go to yeah. Staples and buy a new chair. Just call it a day. <laughs> right? Just call it a, call it a day. I mean, taxpayers will pay for it, so the chair will cost $42,000, but still worth it. Worth every penny. <laughs> worth every penny. <laughs> Uh, Barack Obama is very concerned that Joe Biden cannot win again, according to a report, because Joe Biden can't win again. And pro-Palestinian protesters in New York City, including queers for a united Palestine, disrupt the afternoon commute. Lots to talk about. Four o'clock hours straight ahead. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.